everything. I wanted to be like, I, my identity was so built in what I did. And so I was like, oh, I'm an athlete. I'm a D1 athlete. I'm a SEC D1 athlete. And now it's like, when I tell people I sell gloves, they're like, like mittens. And I'm like, no, not like mittens. I sell, and it's still silly, but like four fingers and a thumb, which is mm-hmm. weird. But I talk mm-hmm. to like dentists. Actually, I don't even talk to dentists. I sell to people who sell to dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sell. I have other people who sell to like Pfizer, who's developing yeah. pharmaceutical, like single packed sterile yeah. gloves. And so it's a cool job. But then I'm like, okay, well, I sell gloves. Yeah, <laughs> so, when you re- when you reduce it down to like I sell gloves, it's like wow, how'd you get into that? And you're like, well, I got in at the right time because <laughs> four months before a pandemic happened, I'm selling medical gloves. It was literally, man. We waited on this job for six months. I don't know why the Lord didn't give me permission. I said no to three other jobs. I actually said yes to two of them, and then like day of had zero peace, like nauseousness, peace, like nauseousness, lack of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, because you said me, no. Cause I said yes to them and I was going to go. And oh. I, I, when I went to go, I, both Jess and I were like, we can't do this. We yeah. know that the Lord's asking us to wait on this job. I got hired in December. Uh, the world shut down beginning of February. And mm-hmm. I would have been the first one cut at any of those other jobs because. Mm-hmm. You're a new guy. I was a new guy. I was on high. I would have been on staff for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, three months. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead I bought my house because I sat in a coffee yeah. shop and people were calling. I, it was so busy that I literally, I would pick up the phone. Someone would be like, Hey, I need 500 cases of gloves. I'd be like, cool. I can't get them to you for three months because of the ports. <laughs> Is that still, and also they're five mm-hmm. times what they used to be because right. We didn't gouge our margins. We just matched, kept our margin the same. Mm-hmm. But the factories were giving us higher costs. So mm-hmm. people were paying 5X and it was like, but I make my money on gross revenue. Was, so 5X is, fanta- is fantastic yeah. for me. Yeah. We bought our house. We were able to save for a down payment, get us up out of debt. Like, and the Lord, and it was like a wink from God. Um, yeah. It's so. just such a, like a story you can't make up that you waited around for a job for six months and it got the perfect job for a pandemic so that you guys could move your family forward. It's like only a thing that God would do. Like, and it doesn't make you can't, sense. You can't make sense of it. You cannot like, and it's, it's one of those things that like, I think growing up, you're like, you have an idea of what are the general jobs. Like, Oh, I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to go into mm. business, but you don't understand yeah, yeah. what business means you yeah. know like i never would have thought that someone sold gloves in my world it was like i went to the dentist and gloves were there <laughs> like 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 and, but like there's someone who does that right yeah. and that's that's like me now and and it's so perfect because i'm an introvert um mm-hmm. not from the i'm an introvert who's good at people and so mm-hmm. they wear me out though and so I, <laughs> I i i love them but my job set up that i travel um i travel three to four days a month so like mm-hmm. at max on a on a normal month three nights right mm-hmm. i work from my kitchen table mm-hmm. for the rest of it and mm-hmm. i got to be with my daughter for the mm-hmm. first my wife took her return her maternity leave 
And then it was me and her every day, all day. Yeah. Like, what kind of gift is that? Like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Like, I got a job where I got I can hang out with my daughter for the first year of her life until she started <laughs> moving and became a monster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Just like that, you were crawling and my life is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, um, that's such a gift. And then I what you said, though, about like, you just don't know what you, there's a job for everything. Yeah. It, it's so true. Uh, the only thing I didn't know what people did for work. I just assumed everyone did what my dad did for the yeah. longest time. And like my dad, he was an electrician. So I just assumed everyone, I guess everyone, every guy <laughs> wired houses and then rich guys wore suits to wire houses. I don't like, I, like I, had, I had no idea, well, um, dude, but that's so true. It's even down to like, in my world of business, I didn't realize there are literally people's jobs. Their entire job is to go to places that manufacture chemicals and they sell wipers. And what wipers are are literally like they are what they sound like. They are wipes to wipe the floor. Mm. That's their whole job. Yeah. They and they make good money doing that. Mm. And I'm like, like <laughs> there are people who oh. sell there are people in the medical device industry who sell screws. Mm. Like the but they're sterile, clean screws, and they're worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for a piece of metal that's going to go into someone's knee. You don't go that's to school wild. and study for that, like no, not like how does don't that go? Even, to, don't go to college. Go learn how to sell something. Yeah, just, unless you're a doctor, please go to please go to college. For doctor the love engineer. of God, go to college. Yeah, yeah. everyone else, no. And a dentist. Just be, Could you imagine someone in your mouth like with a, with a little soldering thing? With well, I don't. I don't go to the dentist. Have I told you this? No. Okay, so. True story. When I turned 18, I told my mom, I'm never going to the dentist again. Um, and so I didn't. And I told Chelsea that and she freaked out. She's like, you're, you're going to the dentist. That well, is disgusting. Wife, yeah. She's kissing you. What are yeah. the tooth guys? So <laughs> that's it. So I go to the dentist. It's been 10 years, 10, 11 years. Um, and no cavities, no plaque buildup, no nothing. Not a thing. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. Yeah. Uh, Floss, I floss every night and I brush my teeth twice a day and I use mouthwash frequently. I'm like, <laughs> not, not a thing. And you and also, so they were like, you don't drink sugary drinks though, either. Like no, you don't drink really. pop, you don't drink. No. And, and that's, I think I, I didn't have a cavity for my first 21 years of my life, 22. Mm. And then I played college football. I didn't go to the dentist during college um, because I was a college kid. Mm-hmm. Um, went to the dentist and they're like, do you brush your teeth? I'm like twice a day. And I'm like, I floss mm-hmm. every night. I use mouthwash. Yeah. Like, do you drink sports drinks or do you drink soda? I'm like, I don't drink soda. I was like, I was like in the, the, the thralls of my eating mm-hmm. unhealthy eating disorder type. Yeah. Of, I, I hate the word eating disorder, but it's what it was. Anyways. So I was like obsessively not eating what I perceived as bad and sugar. They're like, mm-hmm. what about sports drinks? And I played college football for four years. I was like yeah. every day. I yeah, drink yeah. so much Gatorade. Like I live on Gatorade. <laughs> I'm like, I literally walk around with a Gatorade bottle all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do you brush your teeth immediately afterwards? I was like, no. No, nope. like, who, who does? I don't carry a toothbrush around. I'm not a psychopath. Yeah. And so they were like, that, you have four cavities, top and bottom on each side. And I was like, sick. That's tight, tight, tight. <laughs> yeah, no, didn't happen. Not a recommendation, though, that I'm giving. I just don't like the dentist. But, but get, dude, so, I feel like you should get double checked. Sorry, like if if someone tells you you have eight cavities, go to another dentist. Because for all I know, I don't have any cavities, and they're just drilling in my mouth and charging me a bunch of money. So that that could be true too. 
for a lot of like, I don't talk to Yeah. Uh, so remind me of your college football experience. You played one or two years at Vanderbilt before you transferred. A year and a half. So two spring, a year ball, and a half. two spring balls in a fall. Yeah. Because uh, I, I went in I went in late. Um, if you want to bring me on another time, we can go through the college recruiting process and how it's the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to anybody that's ever done it. But I went, in, that. I went in in December and uh, did a spring, did a fall, did a spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you transferred to CSU. CSU. Yeah, my mom, CSU. Yeah, my mom had yeah. some health issues that brought me home. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah. finished at CSU. Okay. Graduated in three years. I hate football. I love football now. At the time, college football in itself. You're like, I hate it. Which we'll, we're going to talk about. But uh, eight minutes and 45 seconds in, everybody, this is my good friend, Mitch Parsons. He uh, is our guest today on the Man I Want to Be podcast. Uh, we were, we've been, when did we meet exactly? We, I think, when was the YA. first time we met? Was it at Probably. YA or was it a youth thing? It was oh, YA back in Colorado. I, YA, YA was first because uh, okay. YA got me plugged into youth. That's right. That's right. Uh, so we met at church a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, seven, seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to be in Mitch's wedding. I was the shortest guy in his wedding. It was. It's a funny, really, really, really funny picture. Everybody mm-hmm. in your wedding except me. I did you so dirty. Feet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> My best friends are 6'6", 300-pound shot putters, collegiate <laughs> shot putters. Gigantic. And then it's Keaton. <laughs> yeah, and you're, how tall are you again? You're 6'4"? Six, 6'4", four? Six, six, four without shoes. Yeah. I was wearing my dress shoes, probably like 6'5". And how, how old's your dad? Or how tall's your dad? Six foot. Yeah. So here, little me at five foot eight, you got all these real tall, and it's just right in the middle, midget me. <laughs> I'm so it, sorry. It's a, it's a, no, that's a funny picture. Um, <laughs> I was surrounded by bodyguards. I yeah, you were, you were safe. Protected. Um, and man, we've been good friends for a long time. And I wanted to have Mitch on because he had an experience in his call co- in college um, that sucked. Um, it was actually past, and he even went past college, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's kind of dedicated the rest of his life, uh, paid and unpaid, to helping men with what he experienced in college, um, yeah. and how they and what they experienced just in day to day life. So I'd love to hear about that. I don't want to say too much. I want to hear in your words what yeah. exactly you do. Yeah, you know, I mean, what exactly do I do? I normalize normal men talking about normal things. Um, it's kind of my life mission. Mm-hmm. is to and it's kind of evolved in the last year even from yeah. normalizing normal men talking about normal things to just normalizing people being authentic mm. um, yeah i hate social media uh because it's so what's the word i'm looking for it's just filtered disillus- it's filtered it's disillusioning like is that even a word it like makes you it is a word it makes you feel like you're living in a false reality because it's mm-hmm. it's not real it's um even now with this ai stuff it's like i i I want to like preface everything that i do with like this was not created by ai because like you you don't know but like i i realized that men were sitting in this isolation and of like that was created by the shame of the idea that they were alone in it like Mm -hmm. and and they they couldn't talk about these things because Mm -hmm. You had to be tough. You had to be a man, yeah. quote unquote. What does it even mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to be ma- macho. You had to be macho, or you had to be the opposite. Like there was no healthy, like yeah. there was no healthy depiction of what being a man was. It was either yeah. 
we lived in a world where you're either a macho man or you were hated for being a man. So you mm-hmm. had to like Pretend disassociate to be a yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had to disassociate yourself from the aspects that made you a man leading your family. Yeah. Um, being like, like be standing for what you believe in. Like, mm-hmm. like it felt like those things were like, shut up and be quiet, submit, be who you be something yeah, else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I say on the podcast a lot, like you're told all the time to shut up, sit down and behave. Yeah. And I'm like guys don't do that. Guys Indian, don't do don't, that. Yeah. And, and, but we are also told at the same time, like, if like, don't talk about, it. so like shut up, behave. But like, if you're feeling things, mm-hmm. what does behave look like? Behave yeah. changes. Yeah. So I just imagine what I imagine is the poor little kids who eight, nine, 10 years old, they've got all the energy in the world and they have to sit behind their little desk, their colored pencils for eight hours. That's what I, that's what I picture. Yeah. But you care, but like into adulthood and you're yeah. like, nah, I've, I got something else inside of me that I want to get out. Um, and I got some wounds along the way that I got to deal with. Um, yeah. Which is kind of what I love about your podcast. Uh, oh, Cause it's, yeah. it's called over a drink. Yeah. Um, is what, is it? It's still what you're doing because you had I know you had rebranded a little bit. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing two. Um yeah. it's not necessarily rebrand, it's more um refocus and mm-hmm. rec- and create. Um mm-hmm. so we can go into that in a second. Yeah. Uh so what I'd love to know um is how you got to this place. Like if you're what what was what what made you realize like I gotta start normalizing these conversations with men um, like how did you get to the place where I've got, I've got a job, but I've got to start this other thing also. Yeah. Um, so for the first six months of my marriage, I was unemployed. Uh, we talked about that. I did an mm-hmm. internship where halfway through they were like, Hey, don't actually worry about it. You're going to have a job. You're, you're good to go. We're going to have you run. I did a youth internship at our church and I was going to take over one of the campuses because that campus pastor was going to take over the lead job of all of youth. And, Walking into my meeting, they said, hey, we don't know why we can't get to a yes. I know we told you yes, but it has to be a no. Mm. I got married three weeks later, so I walked down the aisle unemployed. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, that was talk, about decon- talk about deconstructing my de- like my understanding of what a husband is. Yeah, The Lord did that in such a way that not only was I – like getting my butt kicked by an eating disorder at the time. Cause mm-hmm. um, when you stress something, you cling to something that you have control over and I can control yep. that mm-hmm. in theory. I mean, I can mm-hmm. I control food, um, what I eat and what I don't eat. And mm-hmm. um, I'm unemployed. I'm newly married and I have an eating disorder, all things that were really piling on the idea that I'm not a man. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not providing for my wife and I'm losing to a woman's disease. Yeah. Quote, yeah. Unquote, quote unquote. Yeah. But that's probably, that's something like, Maybe a lot of guys they've never heard someone say like, "Hey, guys can have e- have eating disorders," and exactly, and that's what I among other other little things. I think of like uh, what's the bodybuilder thing? Bigophobia, body, uh, dysmorphia, body dysmorphia. dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, if you and I've learned this um, over the course of the last four years now, um, the incidence of men having an eating disorder is mm-hmm. so much higher than the media portrays. It makes me mm-hmm. angry. Google amount of men. Um, Google men with like eating disorders, and it's like, oh, I think like nine. It's like some tiny percentage. I don't have it on my head. Mm-hmm. I don't want to BS it, but like, if you were to actually look at the gym, go to the gym and look at what and have conversations with men and that say, 
oh, I do this with my food. I do. This. It might not mm-hmm. be a full blown eating disorder, but it is a bad relationship with food. It is a disordered yeah. disordered eating habit. Yeah. Anyways, that's a soapbox. I uh, was sitting with the Holy Spirit one night and doing my quiet time and really pouting. <laughs> honestly, mm-hmm. like God, what the heck? Why are you, do you have me here? Why is this happening? And he prompted me with the question of, do you think you're the only man who deals with shame? And I'm like, Mm. no. And he asked, what would happen if you asked a hundred men if they dealt with shame? And I said, I think a hundred out of a hundred would say yes. Mm -hmm. So I went to coffee over the course of the next two years. I had gotten a job at this point, so I wasn't unemployed any Mm -hmm. longer six months in. But over the next two years, I went to coffee with a hundred men. And I realized that these stories that I'm hearing are... Mm -hmm. They need to be heard because it's all these guys somewhere along their story was like, I just don't feel like I can talk about it with people. Mm-hmm. I was abused, but I don't feel like I can talk about it. I mm-hmm. cheated on my wife. My wife cheated on me. My best friend did this to me. I, I was addicted to this. The amount mm-hmm. of times that men were like, there's no way other men struggle with porn the way I do. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I, I've talked to four guys this <laughs> week. That, like yeah. I've talked to... I've talked to a, a dozen dudes this month who have yeah. told me that porn is affecting their marriage. Like yeah. you are, not, but you truly believe that mm-hmm. you are alone in it. And I was like, no. Which so is I also that's kind of a wild thing. We like, how do you think the, the industry makes money? If it just it's not just on you, yeah. And I, and it's one of those things that there's such a, it's so normalized mm-hmm. that people believe, oh, it's just something when I get married. Like I can do it in my teenage years. I got shown it mm-hmm. when I was, I got shown it when I was eighth grade mm-hmm. in the locker room, seventh grade probably earlier than that. Shoot. It was in a locker room, but, mm-hmm. um, I, it's normalized. So that's like, Oh, but when I get married, I'll just go away. Mm-hmm. And so I think these men assume like all the other men got married and it went away for them, but it didn't for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, praise God. That's something that before I was married, I was able to walk away from, but I know a lot of men who have not. Right. And and so I started recording. I started over a drink. And because all these happened over a coffee or a drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I record testimonies. I record yeah. them. And the idea is to weaponize your testimony, to put purpose to pain, to um, create solidarity in a common denominator of like experiencing mm-hmm. crap. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, one of the things I love about the internet, especially with like the podcast world, is you get to hear conversations you need to hear and the conversations you want to have. So like with with your Over the Drink podcast, I remember I listened to the one that you did with um, uh, with Tyler, Tyler Roberts. Yeah. Um, and I knew that he had lost his dad, but I had never gotten the chance to have a conversation with him about like how that affected him. And getting to listen to that conversation was in, was amazing because it, it it told me so much about this guy I work with who I never got to talk to, um, and it like it opened my eyes to be like, man, there is more to each person you have a conversation with if you just ask. Yeah, that's like that was one thing that your podcast did for me. It was like, oh man, I'm, I want to ask about what's underneath the surface. And I think people, yeah, I think people are afraid to ask for fear of hurting feelings, but I think it's something, I think a core fundamental belief of humans is to be fully known mm-hmm. without being judged. And so yeah. like I want, and I think that there's n- nobody in my life 
beside I don't even think my wife. There's Jesus that knows me fully and loves yeah, me. Yeah. Like, yeah. but like there's a part that you believe that there's no part of you that's gross, but there's some kind of shame attached to certain things. And it's different mm-hmm. for each brain that yeah. they're like, I'm not going to share this because someone won't love me if they find out yeah. this about me. And, yeah. and I truly believe that if you ask somebody, they will answer. Like, I love pointed questions. I, I love questions that most people won't ask. And like, even last night we, I was at YA and I started talking with um, a buddy that I had met at the gym. Mm-hmm. And he was standing with two girls who were both black mm-hmm. and they were came from LA and Memphis and they live in Colorado now, which is so white. It's unbelievable. Colorado is very and white. We were just talking, they were standing off by themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, what is it? What has it been like moving from places that are primarily or more heavily um, multicultural, multicultural. There's mm-hmm. a more, there's a higher black representation in those cities than Denver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To moving to Denver, what has that been like? Mm-hmm. And they looked at me like, like you see us, like you understand, mm-hmm. like you asked this question, like no one's yeah. asked us that before. Yeah, at least here at YA, where we're because I then followed it with like, I would be willing to bet you know how many black people are in this room, and they both were like, we're one of four, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, wow. But that's it's like. Those questions don't get asked, and and, and uh, asking people about their dead mom or their dead mm-hmm. dad, mm-hmm. which sounds so like insensitive, yeah. But like I've talked with friends who are like, I would rather like instead of you tiptoeing around it, if you don't know how to talk about it, still ask and let me teach you. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, dude. I'm in, so I'm in a place that's multicultural, and like I grew up in Colorado, and yeah. Massachusetts is like uber multicultural. Yeah. Um a lot of a lot of people from Brazil, a lot of Brazilians. Um there's whole like where the town we live in, the in high, entire high school pretty much only speaks Portuguese. Wow. Um which is new in the last like 10 years. And there's a lot of people only speak Spanish. Um bunch of other other uh countries. And it, it's the first time that I felt that, like I was like, "Oh wow, I came from a like basically a single culture." Yeah, and it 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 was. I'll tell you, it's something weird. Uh, it is. It's sobering, is what it is. Is this bubble that you live in of people who look and think like you, and then uh, you go places, and you're like, so my first time going into the locker room of Vanderbilt was eye opening to me because I went to a high school where there were four black kids over twenty seven hundred people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're the, in Fort Collins, I was in right? Parker. No, I was in Parker. Oh, Parker. Which That's right. Literally, like, and of those kids at my school, only one of them, both of their parents were black. So mm-hmm. it was like, and then you go to Vanderbilt, and it's like, I was like, they were like the offensive linemen who were white and like the specialists. And yeah. then, yeah. like, me. Uh, huh. So, like, all of a sudden it flipped on your head, and you start learning these things that you're like, I never even realized. Mm-hmm. That that's something that you experience. Yeah, 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 you keep receipts when you walk out of the stores because you you know you're gonna get questioned if you stole it or not. What? Mm. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's a wild thing to think about, dude. So you have this podcast, and then yeah. you have another one that you just kind of called Mitch Talks Mental. Yeah, because that's another passion point of yours. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So over a drink. 
the idea of it is to tell testimony A, B, C, D. We take little, I call them um, little McDonald's stops. We take uh, nugget stops. Like we're all, mm-hmm. I'll be like, hey, you said something. I want to ask you a question about that, but let's get back on the highway and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to, to, I mean, you were part of this. You were the first one that, you were like the guinea pig for Mitch Talks Mental. Uh, I was. You, and it, still was under the umbrella of over a drink it was like just a different Mm -hmm. episode version Mm -hmm. um type Mm -hmm. we started talking about like for 30 minutes of like what's it like being a dad which Mm -hmm. is a part of your testimony but then we would miss like oh well it's been an hour and 50 minutes now so like (laughs) i gotta bring something to two episodes and yeah um and so i started talking about i I feel like mental health is so often talked about in such a way that it's only mental illness that's Mm. talked about it. Yeah. Versus like healthy, healthy. Yeah. Why can't I be healthy? Why can't? Because I think people are like depression, anxiety, mental illness. And I'm like, okay, yes, those are, those are symptoms of being mentally unhealthy. You're right. Yeah. But they are not a definition of who you are. They Mm. are something that you experience. And how can I get it so that I don't, experience those things because Mm -hmm. i'm somebody who physically my body makes zero testosterone i'm i i experience depression depressive states that are induced by my body because my hormones are messed up yeah is that from football Mm -hmm. according to my doctor uh my eating disorder essentially uh i restricted my food for for two years i ate a 100 calorie zero carb protein shake for breakfast no lunch two chicken breasts and broccoli for dinner every day um, that sounds awful. It was, but in my yeah. brain, I would pour out the protein shakes they gave me. I'd pass out of practice. My, I got to the point where I had have to um, be monitored by my coaches. I'd have to sit Jeez. with them in the athlete hall, and they'd wow. watch me eat. Wow. Um, so that messed me up hormonally. Um, yeah, and so I, I know for people who are chemically imbalanced in their head, what it's like to be depressed i get that Mm -hmm. i also get it when it's situational because i looked in the mirror Mm -hmm. and i hate myself Mm -hmm. i get that i get when i eat food and i have a panic attack because how is that gonna how is that gonna make me feel and how am i gonna respond so i get anxious those are all real things but there are ways to be proactive okay Mm -hmm. health is health let's look at physical health if i sit on the couch and i don't work out and i don't take care of my heart Mm -hmm. and i eat crap i eat processed food Yes, I'm going to put on weight and I'm going to mm-hmm. be unhealthy. Yeah. If I feed myself with everything on social media now I've learned is some creator trying to create content to make you buy something. So mm-hmm. everything you're being be- fed is mm-hmm. consumer. So mm-hmm. I'm reading these things that are making me speed up how I live. They're making me abandon things that are important, family, friends, mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. I said that backwards. Faith, family, friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they're they're they are devaluing those things and putting more value on things like making money, position, and title. <laughs> and so, yeah. I want to create a podcast called Mitch Talk Mental, where it's like the idea is the framework of it is going to be you're going to come on, Keaton, mm-hmm. and you told me five things that you learned about yourself mm-hmm. in fatherhood, five mm-hmm. lessons you've learned about yourself. The idea of it is to give people a chance to teach out of the life that they've lived about topics that are relevant and they are authentic. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to have someone come on and be like, Hey, this is three things. These are three things I've learned over my life about work life balance mm-hmm. and how I kept my family first through a yeah. lens of faith. 
and I still was successful in the business world. Yeah. And then you learn from it. Everyone needs to learn. Like if you stop learning, you stop moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And um, I mean, you've done a really great job of that because you've, I mean, you have found I'm successful enough to have the things that I want without yeah. going, you know, too far. Yeah. You know, without having to go, go, go. And you've created margin for your family. You've created margin to use your time and energy and story to help other men. Like, it's not like you're just like laying around. You're like very proactive. You've got, um, at one time I remember you're trying to start like six other businesses. I was like, you had your marketing yeah. thing. And I was like, but you've got these two podcasts going, plus you do your job and you like, you get your, like you're using your time well without, um, participating in the rat race which is like amazing. It's all like beneficial stuff. Thank you. And I also have to like balance that. I don't do a good job a lot of times. I've had to constantly check myself on it because a lot of those business things that I started mm-hmm. were out of an insecurity of like, I need to provide for my family. And so I wanted oh, to, it was out of like, I want there. my wife to be able to stay home from work. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do I replace her salary? I need to increase mine. How do I do mm-hmm. that? Well, there's a, I'm, I'm good at looking at something and being like, I can make money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take me a lot of work and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had like four jobs, all of which were mm-hmm. like contracted. I was brought in as like a marketing strategist for somebody. I was, I was doing small business marketing. I was working my job. I yeah. uh, was doing con- like freelance, like web design stuff. Um, yeah. And the Lord challenged me because I was running out of time to do the stuff that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "Do you need all that?" Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot, and mm-hmm. it's all me manufacturing. Yeah. Um. So here, I I, I appreciate your kind words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not a superhuman. No, you're <laughs> I, not. I I really you tried. To, to, you tried to be and scaled back. Oh, I tried to be. And here's what's so cool is like in God's providence, money is nothing. Mm-hmm. Literally less than nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I was working these other jobs, and I'm like, God, I my glove job is just not doing it right now. It's mm-hmm. just not, I need this stuff to pay for margin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm covering the baseline with my salary and with my commissions, mm-hmm. but like that's a baseline. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go on vacations. I want to be able to do like, not mm-hmm. even vacations. I want to travel to see my, you, you and I talked about the importance of being around grandparents. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Minnesota so that my baby can meet her, be with her yeah, grandparents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford that. Mm-hmm. And so, I was driving on the highway from Phoenix to Tucson uh, on a work trip, mm-hmm. listening to a Bill Johnson sermon, and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is like, "I was like, God, I don't have time to podcast anymore. I miss it. Why don't?" He's like, "Because mm-hmm. you're creating crap for that you don't need. Quit it." <laughs> like, so I called Jess and I was like, "I think I'm supposed to quit everything but hourglass. Like, I think I'm supposed to um, hourglass? do it. Hourglass is the glove company. Oh, sorry, got it, got it. Um, that I work for." Mm-hmm. Um, I quit. They put in my two weeks for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, after my two weeks were up, I got a phone call from my bosses saying they wanted to have a three year review. They gave me a raise. They doubled my commission structure. They put in benefits. They like it was literally because before I didn't have benefits. I'm I was living on. We're in small company, four people. Mm-hmm. Um, was oh, it really only four? It's Steve, Karen, Zach, me. I guess and Stephanie, and then okay. that's the customer facing. So five, yeah. And then we have a warehouse crew that lives in Benicia, California. Um, I I needed Jess to keep her job. The whole idea was I was working so that Jess could quit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, But she was keeping her job, is keeping her job for the benefits. 
well, they matched her benefits. And so God was like, you were obedient. Thank Mm -hmm. you for trusting me. Here you are. Right. Yeah. So good. Wow. And she, she's, she did, she ended up not quitting her job though. Right. Yeah. No, she's still there. She, um, and she will be, it Mm -hmm. was just more that I was running my, I'm very much a forward thinker in terms of like planning. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, we get pregnant. That gives me nine months plus a maternity leave to figure out how to double my salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like, and get benefits. So yeah. I better start doing that now because I don't want yeah. to be babies born. Mitch, go find X amount yeah. of money. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was starting yeah. it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. That is wild. Yeah. And now you don't yeah. have to live from necessity. No. I, yeah. There's a book you talked about, uh, Life of Lack, or Living Without Lack, right? Mm-hmm. You read it? Life Without Lack by Dallas Life Without Wilder. Lack, yeah. Psalm 23. Um, that is an incredible book. You know what's crazy is I have Psalm 23 tattooed on me and I forget to live that way. Like, yeah. How silly is that? Um, <laughs> well, like That's what humans do. Oh, I know. That's what the yeah. whole, like, that's literally what the book of, like, the, the Old Testament, like Exodus is yeah. like, hey, humans, remember how good God is? And then you forget and he has to remind you and then over and over and over again. Yeah. It only takes like a couple minutes. <laughs> we are fickle beings. We really are. So fickle, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, read that book by Dallas. I like it. Well, everything by Dallas Willard I read. I have a Dallas Willard shelf. He's uh, like a favorite of mine. Um, so You're I, a yeah, nerd. I am a nerd. Yeah, yeah. I love I am it. A nerd. I like in the greatest terms. Like I, I mm-hmm. called yesterday. I was talking to the, another group of people. I was like, "You guys are all nerds," and I'm so jealous that you still get to be in school. <laughs> I'm like, you're in your third like post grad program mm-hmm. degree. I'm like, nerd, and I'm so <laughs> jealous. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um. Well, dude, uh, the podcasts are amazing. It's over a drink, and Mitch talks mental. Yeah, um, Mitch talks mental. Two. How uh, Mitch Talks Mental, depending on when this is released, might not be out yet. I am in the process of, you can go to my website. I built uh, com. It'll have yeah. all my content. I'm getting off social media. Uh, the Lord mm-hmm. challenged me. He's like, do you think you need it? Instagram is so bad for me. Instagram is so bad for you and everybody who uses it. Mm-hmm. Um, and TikTok. Yeah, we, and we all, know, we all know it and won't get off. Exactly. And so I'm yeah. kind of to the point where I'm like, I am willingly and choosing to worship this idol and mm-hmm. for the sake of like trying to grow my podcast. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, God is bigger than that. So I'm taking yeah. everything off. Uh, I'm keeping like site. There's so many memories on Instagram in terms of like captions and photos that I'm not going to delete yeah. my account, but yeah. like, I'm not going to, so I created a website and I'm just going to rely on SEO to yeah. build Good for you. whatever the Lord's building. But so like MitchTalksMental.com and then on my podcast, MitchTalksMental um, will probably be released here in the next couple of weeks. Over a Drink has been yeah. around for a couple of years, like three or four years. years. Three years, but two years. It was like super heavy at the beginning. I was, mm-hmm. and then life, then I had a baby. Yeah. So that'll kick you in the face. Hey, it does. And one of the things I do with this podcast, like sometimes I've had Noah on. Just because like, um, and I don't That's edit. so fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't edit and I don't, um, proof text. I don't, I don't like make anything look professional. Yeah. I try very, very hard with what I'm doing, but I yeah. don't go over the top to make it look perfect and professional because one yeah. of the things I'm trying to communicate is your life will never be in an edited film. No. Your life is what it is. And sometimes your kids want to sit on your lap while you're working. And hundred okay. percent. I can't wait for Benny yeah. to put together full sentences. Yeah. Right now, she's like shoe, <laughs> and then she's like shoe, and I'm like, 
you're saying something, but like <laughs> she she's knows her body. Babble. She's, she's in, in the babble with us an occasional dude. She literally she knows the word boobies, so she'll mm. like mm, go to the grocery good. store and she'll be like bah, 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 boobies, and I'm just like <laughs> Benny, stop. <laughs> that's well, funny it's funny until she's yelling boobies in costco yeah yeah that's probably that's not funny but uh, and, and, and her word for sock is sock but with a c in the front okay i'm noah, not gonna say it but that's like mm-hmm, so that noah helps had, too noah that was her she said that same word that you just said sock yeah. with a c in the front for milk for, for about a month <laughs> it, she used to go milk Milk, and then one day she just switched to sock with a C at the beginning, and we we're like, uh, "Oh, dude!" <laughs> it was of course. Wait, it was of course when she's getting acquainted with her uh, grandmother and, and grandfather uh, that she hadn't really met yet. She just started sort of like, "I promise we didn't teach her that." I would have but, been like, "Yeah, I, I taught her that for you." <laughs> I taught her that for you. It was for you. But dude, I ask every every guy that I have on this podcast, um, yeah. I ask them the same question. Um, yeah. It's what kind of man do you want to be? Hmm. Um, I want to be a man that's known for leading his family. Hmm. Like what so does that? Good. I want to be a man that's known for that, and mm-hmm. and that's what I think. The Lord is blessing it in such a way mm-hmm. in my business mm-hmm. that my LinkedIn profile is me, my wife, and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, because my my working with me and being in business with me means mm-hmm. you're in business with my family. Right. It means that you're in business with my daughter who's in the background chirping. It means that I'm probably going to move my appointment with you mm-hmm. for the sake of my wife has a doctor's appointment. I took a Zoom call, a Teams meeting when my wife was in surgery and I was in the the operating, I was in the right. waiting room. Yeah. Like that's just what I, I I I want to be known for prioritizing family not only in my relationships but in yours. And so like mm-hmm. if I if I go out and visit a customer, I'm not going to take you, Keaton, just out to to dinner. Yeah, that's I'm going to take you and Chelsea, and I'm going to mm-hmm. offer to bring Noah. So, mm-hmm. like when I go down to Arizona, I have a rep that I bring her, her husband, and her son, who's three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go to pizza. We go to pizza. When I go yeah. to Chicago, I take my husband, her two, or not my husband, her husband and her two sons, <laughs> like out to food wherever yeah. they want to, like, and. The thing is for me, like I want to be known for a man who values family over anything. Yeah. Family so family good. over it, I mean and here's the thing is like not that it I think I think that's so foreign in the business world that I think that mm-hmm. that people are told sacrifice literally everything. Everything for the sake of and then they can cut you. You are not worth what they tell you who you work right. for they will you're yeah. they will cut you in a second to yeah. hit the bottom line yeah. and you i will not sacrifice a moment mm-hmm. with my family dude i'm i am i am going down to i so i cover a big territory 17 states and mm-hmm. unfortunately in april there's two shows back to back that i have to go to that are a week long mm-hmm. and i told my bosses i was like hey i'm either going to one of them mm-hmm. or I can br- I want to bring I have an idea. I wasn't demanding that my bosses was in respect, but like I was yeah, like, yeah. I have an idea that mm-hmm. will let it me go to both. I was like, yeah. can I can I will pay for the flights? Mm-hmm. Like, can I bring my daughter and my wife down to Arizona? They'll mm-hmm. hang out at the pool during the day yeah. and I'll go home to them at the end of the night. Yeah. And 
So Otherwise, good. I'm not going to be away from my family for two weeks straight. Like that's just, it literally would have been Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday. And I'm like, I'm not mm. doing that. Yeah. So that's what I would say. I want to be known as a man. Who, I love that. Who it's family and it's faith. Like I'll talk to you about Jesus at any point. I, I, it, it, I, I do it. I can't say unabashedly because I know that it's not necessary because I do it led by the Holy Spirit. So mm -hmm. tactfully, Holy Spirit tact. Um, yeah. I, have a, I have a watch that I have a timer that goes off every 20 minutes and reminds me to pray. Mm -hmm. um, just And sometimes just like, hey, God, what's up? Just checking in, like realign yeah. my heart for this conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't pray. I can't pray continuously. I'm not that good yet. Um, <laughs> but um, well, if you figure I'll it be, out, let the rest of us know. Yeah, I'll let you guys know this code. Just every minute on my phone, that mm -hmm. wouldn't even be continuous. Can you imagine? Like, gosh, as I snort into the the mic. But mm -hmm. I think bringing faith into work. I just I hate that work, faith, and family have to be separate, and I don't believe yeah. that they are. Yeah. And so I'll be having a conversation. My thing will buzz, and if I know that they're believers or even if i don't know that they're not i'll be like hey can i pray for you real quick i, I do this thing with my watch and like yeah. and it's had some really cool conversations that have come up out of it and so hmm. i think that's amazing it's fun it's like a yeah. good game there's times when i'm like i'm hope I, I don't keep track of my watch and i'm like hmm. talking with someone i'm like please buzz please buzz, please hmm. give me an excuse to pray like and it works, dude. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and it's crazy. I had multiple people. We had this national sales meeting. I had multiple people come up to me and be like, dude, you just have like an air about you that's different mm -hmm. than most people. And I'm like, that's yeah. called the Holy Spirit. Like, <laughs> I, I got nothing. I got yeah. nothing with that. Yeah. Dude, you said, well, you said a lot of things there that I'm like, I want to comment on. I love that you want to be a family man. Um, I actually think, so I, I was, for this message I'm working on for the church, I was doing some research and I wanted to know you know the motivation channels on YouTube? Yeah. Like why 2% succeed and 98% don't. And they always have like really rich guys in music and they're telling you to sacrifice literally everything for your goal or dream or success or money or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was just scrolling through all those videos because they can get you hype. And I noticed every single person on those ruined their family. Like ruined their family. It's not going to oh. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, Wow, you you literally sacrificed your family to to Moloch and and the gods of Babylon and, and all that. And I was like, I think there is actually our generation, and I think the generation after, because people like you and me are are bound to get people realigned with what's actually important. We'll have a, like a revolt to that where they're like, yeah. No, I think I think I'm going to try to figure out how to work in such a way that I can be with my family and not away from my family. I was just I, there was one of my favorite. Um, um, father books that I've read. Um, I let my dad borrow it. I read it. I couldn't put it down, but he had this chapter about father entrepreneurship. Yeah. Fathers should figure out how to start some sort of business so that they can, um, uh, work from home. And I was I like, would, that's genius. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I'm like, okay, you say you have these priorities, but does the way you live actually show that they are priorities or as yeah. a talk yeah. like and I, I mean i i don't mean to pat myself on the back but like i sat on a plane and mm -hmm. I th at first i thought it was i didn't it's kind of you can talk to me about this and tell me what you think mm -hmm. but 
I feel like so the enemy is called the god of this world a lot of times. Mm-hmm. In, in, um, in, I believe actually in Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians. That's what, and he's called God of this world. And so I sat next to a guy on a plane who was in a. It's Corinthians, I think. And, yes, Ephesians is the power of the prince of the air. Yeah, the prince of the power of the air. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's Corinthians, but yeah, you're right. I didn't want to correct you because you are so much smarter biblically than me. Um, well, I didn't know that the prophets literally existed in the Bible until like a year ago. I was like, what is that? Nahum? What is that even? Is that even a book? I'm like, Nahum? Nahum? What? Yeah. In him? You mean the clothing line? Um, <laughs> but I, I sat next to a guy and he legitimately on the plane offered me a job uh, that would have made me. We just started talking and he's like, I like. I, I don't know what he liked about me, but mm-hmm. he's like, he was the, turns out he was like the VP of sales for the globally for this massive company. He goes, if you ever want a job, he goes, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been like three times, at least three or four times what I make mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But I would have been, oh, I would have had to work out of an office. I wouldn't have been home. I would have mm-hmm. right now I'm keeping this job and I'm building, pouring and investing into this job to be a place that when my daughter has a recital or a soccer game, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, and I set my own schedule, and I will. I'm never yeah. going to miss one. Yeah, like I, I set my travel in a way that mm-hmm. I look at my calendar and say, "Oh, I need to yeah. be in Chicago next uh, next month yeah. at some point. Do I want to yeah. go the first week, the second week? Do I want to mm-hmm. go Monday through Wednesday? Do I want to go Wednesday through Thursday? Yeah. Like, I, it, and it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's possible if you if you take the power off of the keeping up with the Joneses and you mm-hmm. prioritize yeah. being in your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Look inward instead of outward. Like yep. stop comparing yourself to someone else's yard. Like stop looking at someone else's yard and like look at your family room. Mm-hmm. Like, can't, you can't, yeah. like if you're sitting, t- spending time looking in at your family room, you're not looking out the window. Yeah. And so the, I actually decided this morning I was going to go a different direction with my sermon. Um, because I'm, I'm preaching on dating next week. Yeah. But the original direction I wanted to go, and I think it's one of those messages like, this needs to marinate for a little bit longer yeah. Um, before I'm ready to actually give it. But the message that I was focused it was called Don't Fall for Nabal. And mm-hmm. Nabal's, um, he's in the Old Testament. David encounters him. David's ready to kill him because he's such a disrespectful, he's, he's kind of a prick is what he is. Yeah. He's yeah. buried to Abigail. It says that Abigail is wise and discerning, and then it says of Nabal that he is harsh and foolish. And his name literally means fool. Wow. Um, and the title of my message was going to be Don't Fall for Nabal. And I was going to talk about how men and women both fall for Nabal. And men fall for Nabal because Nabal is really, really rich. Everything on the outside looks really good, but his internal world is terrible, and his family hates him. And he's so he is so blind to how he to his surroundings. And he's so selfish that he has no idea nobody can talk to him or respect him. And so he has to throw his own feasts for himself. Wow. And then like, there's this great line towards the end of the story where it says he's drunk and merry with wine. And so his wife decides not to say anything to him about what has transpired. And then it says he, um, when the light came in the morning and the wine left him almost like, almost like something happened to him that was more than he just sobered up. Yeah. Uh, like from the alcohol, it's like he sobered up to life and his wife, it says that, his, that Abigail went and talked to him and it says his heart died inside of him. 
he became as he became as a stone. And I think so many guys um, later in life they put all of their eggs into trying to pursue the wealth and the success and having the outward appearance of someone without taking care of the internal stuff and the stuff that's more important, like your family. Yeah. And one day they wake up and they sober up to what their life has become and they die on the inside. Uh, and the rest of their life is spent as a stone of a man. And I'm like, don't do that. No. Like, well, and, and it really comes down to like, what do you define it? Like, what do you use to define happiness? Like, yeah. I, I have been so, so marginally living in terms of like, probably put it together some credit card debt that I shouldn't have to like mm-hmm. try to not live marginally. Right. Yeah. But I was so happy. Because mm-hmm. I was spending time with my family. Yeah. If I could, like, if if you could make all this money, it's not going to make you happy. And it's not going to create, like, like you're saying, down the road, you're going to be 60 years old. Yeah. And you're going to have all this money. You're going to have a 401k. You're going to have yeah. investment properties. But you have no one to enjoy it with. And yeah. so, like, I think if you invest Instead of investing in like taking all this extra money and investing it in things, like take your time and invest it in people. And yeah. that that to me is like so much more valuable in terms – but that's – I say that with like I had to be taught that. And I even don't right. practice it sometimes because I'm like I really do wish I had my big truck still. I miss my truck. You did have a great truck. Oh, dude. And then I took an unpaid internship and a truck payment. Mm-hmm. But, but so like, like one of the things we've learned from you today is like if you put the right things first – God takes care of the rest. Yeah. And like, and he, like he, he like he promised he would. Like he promised he would, and he blesses mm-hmm. obedience. He blesses he, does. he blesses mm-hmm. obedience. And I think a prayer that I've been praying as long as I can remember is Lord, align the desires of my heart with the desires of your will. Mm-hmm. So that when you accomplish your will, which you will, that mm-hmm. is biblical, that your will will be carried out. Yeah. Like I'm not disappointed. Yeah. Make it so that when your will happens, I don't get the job that I thought I wanted. I'm like, mm-hmm. I really didn't want that. Like mm-hmm. uh, my heart has posture has changed in a way where I don't want that. Yeah. And so for me, it was when I prioritized things that were priority, mm-hmm. my heart became, began valuing those things more than the monetary things yeah. that might've come. And so I was able to like find joy in the minimal. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Lord has blessed that in a way where, now that it's Jess always talks about it, like because my work is doing really well, it's taking off um, mm-hmm. on me a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, well we we stewarded the little well, so how are we going to steward the the marginally increase or the however it yeah. increases the same yeah. way? Second Corinthians eight. What's Second Corinthians eight, baby? It's Paul's greatest chapter on generosity, um, where Paul, he talks about. Um, I should just read it. It's a fantastic. He basically says that God will increase your seed for sowing, hmm. um, not for consuming, but for sowing. Hmm. Um, let me pull it up. It's fantastic. Um, we we kind of stumbled upon this like reality of like, okay, with what you're talking about, there's like the 10% tithe, but that's obedience. We're told to do that. And then to be generous is anything on top of that. And so we give an extra 10% on top of that to be generous. Yeah. And my, my mind, in my mind, it was like, okay, Lord, on my commissions, you're taking 20% for taxes, 10% for tithe, 10% for generosity. 
mm-hmm. 60% of you amplifying the business opportunities in my life is so much more than 70% of me being tight-fisted with my finances. And he has proven that over and over to the point of like, I'm getting emails from people with opportunities that I've never even considered. Like, so good. Crazy. It's amazing. I was wrong on the chapters, chapter nine, second Corinthians chapter nine. He starts his cheerful giver in chapter eight. This is what he says. He says, uh, Paul writes, the point is this, that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Um, doesn't mean you'll get everything you want because you've come down a little bit, but he does say each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having sufficient sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in good work. So the mm-hmm. God's going, if you keep, if you're generous, God yeah. will make sure that you stay afloat so you, you can abound in good work. Yeah. So you don't have to work for money as hard because God will take care of you. Yeah. And then it says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll always have enough bread for what you need. And the increase comes for, so that you can sow. You can yeah. continue to do that good work that builds people, builds God's kingdom. And yeah, it will increase the seed for sowing. That's and increase and, the harvest of your righteousness. That and I think that that's a great thing to land on or to like rely on. Is like I'm going to be covered. The thing that I kept coming to as you read that is like sufficient. Like why? Do, what do you? I, I think that that's we we wrap around back to social media. Social media does a really good job of redefining mm. what sufficient means. Yep. Uh, there's like it makes it this. There's never in. There's never attainable line of like constantly moving never enough so Mm -hmm. like if you can really like tattoo a definition of sufficient that that is sufficient like what does that even mean like Mm -hmm. to you sufficient like it's never enough is Mm -hmm. is we is what we live in right now and so he will always give you something that is sufficient Mm -hmm. and if you're able to define your sufficiency by what the lord has defined it as yeah that's where you're going to be able to find a place of joy in that giving because you're like, yeah. I, I have, I have what I need. I have yeah. what I need. And this is not for me. I literally, I want to make millions of dollars and money is not a bad thing. I want to make mm-hmm. millions and millions of dollars because I talk about, talk about those Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He signed a $300 million contract. Mm-hmm. Which 10% is nuts. of that is $30 million. Mm-hmm. And if he were to tithe that, what could you do with $30 million in a city? Like a lot, a lot. And that's where I'm like, that's more I than want... most mega churches budgets. A hundred percent. And so I'm like, I want to make millions and millions of dollars so that my 20%, mm-hmm. 10% and 10% is like a game changer. Yeah. Like I want it. I want to just swing a hammer. Yeah. Like that is my goal. Not yeah. for the sake of like, I have a, like Jess and I right now, we have a, a little townhouse one two bedroom two bathroom yeah you have a modest house i have a modest house it's fantastic i mm-hmm. love it i don't want to move right yeah. i hate my hoa but I, I they're the only reason i want to move um but Amen. like but like if if my salary right now were to quadruple we wouldn't go buy a new house i wouldn't right. need it yeah i'm sufficiently supplied for did also i learned something very important from my father-in-law because they had this great little house and then 
uh they upgraded and got a big one yeah and the current because we live with them right now yeah until uh, we figure out where we're going to live and the house that they have is it's it's gigantic and the way it's set up it's got a lot of walls and a lot of floors yeah and he told me he's like the house is big but you know what when we moved into this house our family was nowhere was not close anymore because everybody mm. got to be in their own space and now he told me that a couple of years ago and now that we live there i'm like i get it i get yeah. it yeah. yeah i'm like i don't want that so but dude mitch this has been a great conversation i'm so glad you came on i could talk to you for hours and you just need, need to come visit some Bo- boston sometime i you guys have good crab right in boston oh great seafood incredible okay. seafood and they My, need some gloves up here so get a sales trip here i i i'll just move out there that's fine do they need a worship leader you guys need a worship leader probably not uh, probably not every almost every worship actually every single worship leader here at the three campuses is a volunteer well she can volunteer just yeah. be a stay-at-home mom yeah. just kidding she wants to do um, kids men though or um because i think they want to add a second kids men or a marketing director. She did say yesterday that she loves kids, but she could never work with kids. <laughs> She's like, I don't have the patience. And but I she, agree. I don't have the patience either. I hey. love kids more than I love. But hey, uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a special anointing. That yeah. is a. 100%. 100%. Dude, thank sure you for having me. It. Oh, it's been I, good. I'm honored to have been asked to be, to speak into your podcast by someone that I respect so highly is such an honor. And so I appreciate you. you. Thank Um, you. The way that you lead your family, the way that you live the life that you do um, is an example for men Mm -hmm. and for people. Um, And I really appreciate that. So um, thank thank you. you. Thank you. I've received, fully received. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you don't mind, share this with a friend. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.